I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to this Tuesday episode of Live Mike, just after 1 o'clock. 107 is the time in the ASL newsroom. The White House chose Brigham City, Utah to be the setting for what it's calling a major grant announcement to boost capital investment in rural Utah. Scott Turner is the White House representative here in Utah to make the announcement. He serves as the executive director of the White House uh, Office of Opportunity and Revitalization. It's a council. But many may remember Turner from his career in the NFL. Following his time at the University of Illinois, he was drafted in 1995, played for various teams for nearly a decade. Also, this is this is fascinating, also during his time in the NFL, during the offseason, he would work as an intern in the office of then-Congressman Duncan Hunter. So imagine that. You play football throughout the season uh, during the offseason when most folks are well doing who knows whatever NFL players do in the offseason, uh, working out or something. He instead was serving as an intern in the office of uh, then, as I said, Congressman Duncan Hunter. And listen, I have worked in one of these offices. I know what the interns do. And if you had uh, an NFL player, a professional football player uh, in the office acting as uh, as an intern. Uh, that is a, a wonderful demonstration of humility. Uh, what do the interns do? They're the ones answering the phones. They're the ones who, uh, you know, when an angry constituent calls to voice their concerns with the behavior of a politician, it's the interns who have to talk them off the cliff and, uh, you know, be understanding and kind and take the message and pass it along ultimately to the congressman. Uh, it's the interns who are making sure the, the printer has paper and the, the water bottles are stocked for the guests that come in. It is, it's humble work. And uh, it's uh, to learn that this Scott Turner from the White House, who's here in Brigham City uh, today, did that. It's fascinating. Now, uh, that's not what brings Turner to Utah. He's here on assignment from the White House. Earlier today, uh, from the Union Block building on Main Street in Brigham City, Scott Turner, Congressman Rob Bishop, a representative from the Department of Commerce, and the great Stan Summers from the Box Elder County Commission gathered to share the news and to tell us how it all came together and went down. I welcome Commissioner Summers to today's show. Commissioner, how are you? Hey, goodly. I just got back, and boy, I'll tell you what, after listening to Scott talk, I was pumped. I was ready to go out and strap it on and play with him. He's he's quite a he's quite a full mouth to be able to even keep up with, and everybody that spoke after him was just going, man, did I have to follow Scott? So is, 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 he, really as cool, is he really as cool as his background makes him sound? Yeah, plus he was a representative. He didn't say that. He was actually in the House of Representatives for Texas on District 33, from what he said. He I was actually there when they rolled out the Opportunity Zone in D.C., and I watched President Trump just point at him and pull him up out of the audience unexpectedly, and and Scott missed the steps and actually, like, lunged onto the stage. 
And President Trump looked and pointed at him and says, and that's why I picked him. <laughs> so, yeah, he he's I'm telling you what, he is amazing. Well, and he came to town to, to make a, a certain announcement. What, what was the announcement all about? Well, Opportunity Zones have been a big thing. Um, some have compared it to the New Deal from FDR, and it's but it's not taking government money, putting it back into the government, and it's actually taking local money from people that have taxes they need to put back into things, um, and putting it into rural communities. and And the reason that they were there is because we have some great people that work for the UAC, for Brandy Grace, um, Patrick Mullen, and Stuart Clayson. That have done a playbook, you know, and Scott called it a playbook probably because of football that will actually help these people maneuver and navigate all these things that are happening in the federal government to be able to get this money out to the to the people who need it the most. And it's being hurt in rural communities. And as of date, they said just under three quarters of a billion dollars of private money has come in to do things like the union block with Dave there on the main street of Brigham and another things going around you know, the state as well. So that's kind of what it was. And there was a $600,000 grant, $400,000 from um, EDA and another $150,000 from the state to put this together so we can go out and put things together like that had been going on in counties like Box Elder, Jewabsville, and places like that and take it throughout all the rural counties in the state. And as long as rural's good, urban's even better. So it was really important for Utah. Utah, you hear you hear President Trump in various settings talking about these opportunity zones. He brings them up in in, uh, in the debate, the first presidential debate. That was one of the things he was able to uh, to get through. We hear about them in rallies and other settings. Uh, Utah has forty qualified opportunity zones, uh, two of them in Box Elder County, and typically they are characterized as places that are economically distressed. Uh, are having uh, you know some trouble finding their footing, and typically we think about them in in much more urban settings, uh, in in cities and such like that. You don't think about, uh, at least I don't think too much about uh, the qualified opportunity zones uh, in, in more rural communities. C- could you describe just what 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 brings about uh, the opportunity zones that we face here uh, in Utah, specifically the Box Elder too? You know, Governor Herbert put out a um, basically a quota to all the AOGs in the state. And it's basically an association of governments where Box Elder has bragged the Bear Association of Governments. And they got all the leaders together, mayors, commissioners, and council people um, to be able to actually look and see what qualified as an opportunity zone. And so they took our recommendations from our AOGs throughout the state, and then the governor actually adopted those. And I think it was like 97% that he adopted. I see. Um, two. Yeah, two of them happened to be, like I said, in Boxelder County, one in Brigham City on the north end, where it was a basically a defunct golf course um, area that's really fallen into you know disarray and, and such. And then um, Tremont was actually everything south of um, where the multi-meal plants off I-15 in Tremont. Mm. So there's been a lot of interest in doing different things. I, I do know the one in Brigham City on the north end is under contract. Um, and they're talking about doing uh, multiple-use um, things in that arena on that area. It's like I can't remember how many acres it is on that part. But, yeah. you know, Mayor Vincent and his team has done a great job in being able to get that put together. Um, and it will make it not be such a blight. you got to remember, Lee, you know, I mean, we were still looking at um, double-digit unemployment numbers 
in our arena, and that's probably why we we were done and, and got those things got those things through. Yeah. And now with all this money sitting on the sideline, they say there's like seven trillion dollars sitting on the sidelines of uncapitalized returns and taxes that could come back into the economy and boost it. And that's why you see things like this happen and the stock market goes crazy because all this money has been sitting on the sidelines and now it's coming back in to make America great to mm-hmm. further, you know, President Trump's agenda. And once again, you just see this administration being able to reach down to the lowly county commissioner like me and mayor and really make a difference in our communities. You know, he asked the last time I was back there what, what he could do to help. And we offered this stuff up about having us come back and, and talk to him about some of the things that are going on. And, and as of, as of I think, last Friday, they've had 3,500 calls with local elected officials on some of these problems that we've had. And so, you know, kudos to the administration for bringing Scott out, letting him, um, you know, come and actually do this. And then, you know, on a, on a funner note, uh, he said his boys being recruited at Utah for football. Oh, wow. So very cool. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm an Aggie by heart, but hey, you know, go Utes just so you can snag him. So. There you go. We've been speaking. We've been speaking with Stan Summers, Box Elder County Commissioner, on the occasion of a visit from the White House uh, here to Brigham City. Uh, regardless of your politics, it's pretty cool when the White House comes to visit uh, beautiful Brigham City. Stan, thank you for your time. Thank you, Lee. All right. Yeah, we're going to take a break here, and when we come back, there have been uh, uh, some changes and some concerns and some gripes leveled at the presidential debate scheduled to take place tomorrow. Uh, As it stands right now, all systems are go. We should have a debate tomorrow. Let's walk through some of the tweaks that have come about in the last 24 hours. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.